Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Psychology of Lockdown series. I'm joined once again by George, George Roche of The Line International. We've, this is the ninth number, the ninth episode in our series. Today, we're talking about cognitive closure. Cognitive closure is the beginning of what grows into cognitive dissonance, and we, I think, experience it all the time. When we uh, try to uh, discuss uh, opinions that are alternative to the dominant narrative, the corporate narrative, and people simply ignore uh, our peer-reviewed studies or our primary documentation or the reams and reams of experts that disagree with that narrative, and uh, and they instead feed us lines like, "No, no, there's a consensus of scientists that believe this, and the science is settled." And you know, clearly that's not true. But they won't believe you. They won't even look at the information that you present in front of them. And that is a huge part of what we've been discussing as mystification. And it's a, a characteristic that's uh, integral to this whole process of being mystified, essentially being brainwashed into believing something, even though uh, all of the facts in the real world uh, will show you that something different is going on. So welcome back to the show, George, and uh, thank you so much for explaining cognitive closure. How are you doing today? It's great to be back with you again, Doug, uh, on, on the ninth one. We're moving along nicely here. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mm. And uh, thanks to everybody who's made their uh, comments on the previous episodes. It seems that people are gaining something out of this, which, which definitely feels, uh, feels comfortable. It's nice that people are able to interpret the information they're receiving from us uh, accurately yeah. and uh, you know, be able to uh, decipher and relate it to their own experiences. Right. Yeah, I got some I got some feedback last week from a listener actually who sent uh, the whole series along to her daughter and said it's not even just about talking about politics, but when you know this stuff, you know what's going on in your personal relationships too. So, uh there's there's Yeah, more, that's a interesting. Lot of information here, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good well, that's interesting that that listener would have uh taken the information and and seen how it encompasses not just the political realm, but the familial, and and, and mm-hmm. it, that's great because because that is what it is. Uh, a great big giant dysfunctional family, our societies are, and uh, they have significant issues around flexibility, rigidity, and freedom. Mm-hmm. When we talk about cognitive closure, we're talking about the faculty being able to think clearly, being able to make informed decisions. And being amendable to reasoned arguments, information that may challenge their belief systems must be accepted under flexible terms. Not as if they're orders to be obeyed. Mm -hmm. We don't have to take what people say to us as though it's an order. But be willing to be flexible enough to consider the information as it relates to your concerns. And if you're not willing to do that, and you're not willing to be f- flexible about receiving new information, then you have some issues around rigidity. Now, I, I want to make something very simple and very clear because people have asked me numerous times, how do you know if you're mentally healthy? How do you know if you're mentally unhealthy? That's a very broad stroke question, and it's a probably a loaded one. But if you want to make it a little easier to appreciate where you should be, you can easily ascribe this definition to it. Mental 
mental health, I'm sorry, mental illness is, sorry, mental health rather, <laughs> I, started, I started properly, by memory folks, by memory. <laughs> mental health is the acceptance of reality at every cost. Mental illness is the denial of reality at any cost. So if you wish to apply that simple definition to it, it's clear that if you're not being flexible or as we would like to call open or able to consider or willing to listen, right. all of these are, are behaviors consistent with a person who is being flexible, uh, dropping your frame of reference and be willing to take on another point of view or some other data that may may not be totally comfortable for you, but you've got to appreciate and respect the fact you want to stay as close to reality as you possibly can. That is what a self-respecting person will do is say, am I seeing things clearly? Am I operating on murky assumptions or decisions? Am I actually clear on what I'm deciding on? And, and examine the examiner, essentially. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself these questions in your own mind. Am I seeing it clearly? Am I operating on murky assumption? And if you can't say uh, no to those, the best thing to do is to continue to learn. Everybody has the option to learn. We're born human beings with the power to learn and to change our minds. This is not what cognitively closed people are interested in doing. They have found comfort in their discomfort by believing that which isn't true for so long. The option to change now means they're exposed as being a right. little messed up. Their, their self-identity gets challenged and then they're triggered into protecting that. Now cognitive dissonance is the order of the day. Mm. You see why cognitive closure precedes it. Cognitive dissonance flows right outside of this because sometimes the control rule breaks down. Life spontaneity rules here. Uh, life spontaneity breaks down the control rule at times when information does get leaked into your mind that you were never really interested in hearing about. And suddenly it's in conscious conflict with the narrative you have adopted for this long, that long, right? however long. But now it's getting challenged. Your cognition starts to go, oh, my God, information that's more intelligent and more accurate than what I've been believing has entered my mind. Uh, whoa, batten down the hatches here. There's a threat here that's uh, uh, entered the game board. I got to get rid of this threat. How do I do that? You see, th this is a person who hasn't done the homework. So right. they're not available. They're not available. They don't have that gentle transition to new knowledge, to new insight, because they've been so rigid and so I'm going to believe this and, and anything, you know, just because I believe this by that definition, I must reject its opposite. So we're done. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people do experience uh, high levels of anxiety or even depression when they start to doubt the corporate narrative or the government narratives. And they start to look into some of these, uh, you know, independent researchers that are finding out, uh, you know, uh, different ideas about uh, how reality is, is put together, whether it's about your country's foreign policy or whether it's about this whole COVID lockdown scenario and the mask wearing and everything else. And uh, when you start to realize that 
uh, a lot of this is propaganda and it's very manipulative and you start to look at the the independently financed okay. or the independent workers you know it actually it breaks people down right i mean people uh will end up uh having a period of of depression because they've been fooled for so long so okay that's correct we got to understand the origins of this stuff. First of all, what are we dealing with today? We're dealing with cult-like mentality, Orwellian, mm. you know, uh, communism, communist styles of relating now have permeated our countries. Uh, does anybody think they would see that here? I'm, I'm certain they had no fantasy about it. People from all over the globe have come to Canada because we have uh, been notable for our freedom and our humanistic way of life. Suddenly, we have these impediments coming on board. Now, what is that triggering? Remember, right now we have cultic behavior uh, going on and we have significantly high levels of corruption. That is happening. I would challenge anybody on the notion that given the circumstances today, the, um, the, the same cultic you know, we have control over you. We're dominant over you. We control your behaviors, your thoughts, your feelings, what you do, when you come, where you go. These are cultic behaviors. Mm -hmm. They're not measures that meant to protect us. That's for sure, because the damage being caused by these measures exceeds the damage brought forth by COVID. Those numbers have been clear in conveying that. So we've got to understand now what I said before is go back to the motive. Why? Why? Would they do this? It's conditioning. And cults condition their people. Yeah. They want to control them. While control is an absolute illusion. I mean, you can't control anybody. What they think, what they do, what they know, what they say, how they walk, how they talk. You can't control it. I'll prove it to you. I don't let anybody control me. I really don't. Uh, even in seminars, I've asked people, let's just get into this control stuff. Let me show you that a conscious invitation to control anybody cannot be acted upon when put forth to you as, as an invitation. So, so Doug, Doug, just for the, you know, for the benefit of the listeners and the people who will see this, mm -hmm. I want you right now to control what I'm going to say next. Go. I can't do how long is this. Gonna, how long is it going to take? <laughs> I don't have all day. Yeah. Right. Uh, control what I'm going to do next. Go. Hurry up, man. Yeah, I just, I can't It'll do take it. take a long time. Okay. I, I'm so not that manipulative. Right. So you <laughs> sit there helplessly when somebody says, go ahead and control me. And yet this tells you in an isolated sense that control is an illusion. It's a mental creation. You can't control anybody. Mm -hmm. You can only be controlled for as long as you allow yourself to be controlled. So we see the amount of slaves to the, to our system. They think what they're doing is necessary. They think what they're doing is absolutely cooperative for the government. It's a lot of Stockholm syndrome, a lot of Munchausen's syndrome going on around here. We got people got people got to behave like they're sick in order to, you know, be treated as such. They're all complying with this. There's no evidence of a pandemic. The hospitals aren't slam busy. Uh, numbers of their cases now are dropping like, you know, rocks. So where's the justification in all this obedience? It's inconsistent with what's actually going on. Would they ever question it? No. Why? Because they come from a family where control, you, you had that, that patriarchal father you speak of so mm -hmm. often, and then you have corruption. This is familiar. 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 Right. 
this is so the responses again from yesteryears are as ingrained in that adult today as they were as the child at 10 or 9 or 8. That's where it came from. So it plays like an old broken record. So anything that resembles the past guides the response. So they see that the government is telling people what to do when they should be. Put them in jail. You know, arrest that guy. He's not wearing a mask. All of this tattletaling, call the police. Uh, that, that's another form of violence. Reprisal in uh, Canada under the law is illegal. Right. When somebody's operating, uh, Rocco Galati pointed out very clearly that you can't use Section 4 property to trespass. And if somebody's operating under the color and right of law, that stands. You're not at your home. It's not your private property. But people are believing this stuff and complying with it. And they think it's okay. They think this is an, a normal way to operate. They know no different. Mm -hmm. They've been conditioned to believe exactly that what the government is doing, which relates to how they were raised is perfectly healthy and normal. It's all they know. It's family year. So they are definitely rigid in their thinking. And since they were told things over and over and over again, in the same thought, terminating language, it didn't make any sense, didn't mean anything. Like things like get a life. There's a, 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 a thought terminating <laughs> statement for you. Right. right. What does that mean? Can you please tell me the experience you want me to have in that statement? So th there's all this stuff just around the cultic and corrupt family systems where language is a very um, uh, 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 dysfunctional uh, method used to condition people to lose their own minds. Well, I really oh, like this. Making this connection between cult-like thinking and what's happening to to everyone, because in essence, the government and the these authority figures have become cult leaders, and they are leading people around. And the psychology is not just similar to the psychology of any cult, but it's exactly what happens to people when they are indoctrinated into a cult, where they can't, they can no longer say things that deny what the authority figure is saying. All they're doing is positioning themselves to be closer to the authority figure because that's the highest form of virtue. Uh, I mean, we could just go on and on about it, it, yeah, similarities. It's here. a mountain. It, there, there's so much trigger of, of data related to this stuff. These people that are unwilling to make amendments to what they believe have lost great freedom. These are the people we're, we're seeing a lot of agoraphobia. People are not leaving their houses. Mm -hmm. They're not going anywhere because the risk of that virus catching up to them, the belief that it will is so right. deeply ingrained. This is, this is, this is delusion folks. This is, this is delusion. It's, it's, it's disorganized content driving these belief systems uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's a belief without any real supporting information. Uh, what you're believing is grossly untrue. And what is, what does delusion mean? People toss this word around all the time. Let's clear that up. Delusion simply means that you have a firmly fixed, held false belief that is inconsistent with reality or data that supports it. And so your content needs adjusting in order to adjust your content that requires research. That's why, People emphasize teachers and clinicians and doctors and, and people in different levels of disciplines from clinicians, psychology, psychiatrists, etc. All tell people you've you've got to question everything. You've got to be willing to distrust what you think you know and be willing to digest piles of new information. Not for cognitively closed, rigid, uh, corrupt 
corrupted uh, adult children, not going to happen for them because they're still stuck where? In childhood. You see, you can't move on if you're still stuck back there. You're in arrested development. Your mind is not free. Your body's not free. You as a human being are not entirely free. You are still, still being controlled by the tribe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is bringing up a lot of stuff for me because I continuously see these memes that are like, you know, oh, you're a researcher. You think you can do your own research. And and uh, even articles in, in mainstream magazines says, oh, you're not a scientist. Don't do your own research. But this really goes down to that lack of critical thinking. And then what you're talking about, this you, you can't control somebody else as long as that person is engaging in critical thinking for themselves, which requires that they do their own research and come to their own conclusions. But if you can convince people not to engage in critical thinking, then you've got them caught. Then they're right there in that, in that uh, cognitive dissonance space where they're not going to even look up anything that maybe disagrees with, with the dominant narrative that you're trying to push. It's fascinating. It is. And, okay, so we have a lot of critics. Uh, people, you know, I've heard this term thrown around by everybody, you know, it's just you've got to be open to constructive criticism. I say that criticism of any sort is never constructive, and it is always based on subjective content, subjective content of the person communicating it. Because they have to look to their own frame of reference and their own personal experiences are drawn upon to formulate such constructive criticism. It's not constructive criticism. What we're looking for, what every human being needs, is non-judgmental, non-shaming feedback. Mm -hmm. And feedback is exactly that, non-judgmental, non-shaming. It talks about what you hear, what you think, what you feel, see, believe, want, and need without attacking the other person. And so what I like to teach people is about the five C's, you know, uh, uh, when you want to uh, stop your critic from attacking you, uh, you must speak to the critics like it's their problem. So somebody says, I don't like your, you know, or sorry, they say, why are you wearing those brown pants? Well, you are wearing brown pants. You must like your brown pants. But I walk up and I say, why are you wearing those pants? And they go, uh, well, I like brown pants. What's your problem with brown pants? Well, they're corduroy. So you repeat everything the person who's criticizing you says to you. You say, what is it you don't like about brown corduroy pants? I don't get it. Well, they're bell bottoms. Okay, so what is it you don't like about brown corduroy bell bottom pants? I don't understand your problem. Right. <laughs> your problem. Not my problem. I'm wearing the damn things. I'm comfortable in these corduroy pants. You seem to have an issue with them, and you raised it to my attention. I'm just wondering, what is your problem? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've got to protect our boundaries because what happens all too often is people start getting into a conflict and an argument and a debate, defending themselves. That never works. Uh, best thing to do is understand you're not the one with the problem and speak to the other person like they're the ones with the problem. They're the ones who are cognitively closed mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and inflexibly not realizing you have a choice. You have a choice. It's your choice. It's uniquely your own. Right. I mean, I have, uh, you know, one way that I've been approaching a lot of this is just trying to express to people that I have concerns that the lockdowns are doing more harm than good. 
And then it's still amazing. I mean, they'll, you know, by and large, we'll get triggered. And, you know, the idea that uh, that the lockdowns are doing more harm than good is something they can't wrap their minds around as a possibility. Certainly, we're all doing this, suffering all un- under these lockdowns for the good of humanity. There must be a reason for it. Um, but as long as I express it as a concern, like, I don't know this as a fact, but I'm really worried about this. Can we have a conversation about it? And, it, you know, maybe that approach kind of tempers... <laughs> But it's well, amazing people don't, they ignore my concern, like as if I don't care, you, you know, like, I mean, that's just it. It's like, I we got to stop walking. We got to stop. Care. Right. But we got to stop walking on eggshells. Right. I know that. I think that's an issue that I have. <laughs> I actually have that issue. I admit to it. I, I, yeah, I got that. this. So difficult to have these conversations with people. And then when they get all defensive and, and, uh, and they get triggered, um, I just, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a frustration for me as to it, how to it, deal with it. It's easier to leave it alone or, you know, I I'm suffering from avoidance. <laughs> the avoid dance, I call yeah, it. Yeah, right. Okay. Just avoid hyphen dance. And then they avoid their avoid dance. You see? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, they don't know that they don't know that they're avoid dancing <laughs> right <laughs> or something so <laughs> so that's kind of funny uh there's all kinds of strategies to get out of that shame there's all kinds of strategies to cover up conceal you know bury albeit when you bury anything you buried alive especially if it's uh-huh. about your inner life it's not gone it doesn't even go to mars or venus it's mm-hmm. in you right. still there like the rings of a tree it remains intact and it will affect you you can't outrun it there's no shortcuts to nirvana so we got to think it through. We got to feel it through. We got to know it through. You've got to do the right research. This gullibility of people. There's so much evidence that proves the lockdowns are unhealthy. There is a pile, a litany, a plethora, whatever, of doctors mm-hmm. and professional people who have made it abundantly clear that what we're doing to our people, our children, our greatest natural resource our children, and our economies is reckless. It is a form, absolutely, of psychosis. No question in my Mm -hmm. mind. I I utterly agree with uh, Dr. Mark McDonald. We had a great conversation the other day about this stuff. There's no question that people have lost touch with reality. Right. Well, this brings up an interesting point because um, initially we were talking about uh, being flexible and being open-minded. But then the flip side of that, I think there's a yin and yang that we need to explore here because uh, at the same time as being flexible and open-minded, it's important to have solid boundaries so that you don't get... Oh, well, we have, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't have the, that flexibility that you speak of without the boundaries. Okay. Uh, okay. And I'm sorry, yeah. allow well, me to let's, interrupt let's, let's talk about it. Okay. So... So I want you to finish what you were going to say, but I didn't want you to put that in that order because think about it. Every boundaries rests. I'm sorry. All, all your other skills, your ability to listen, your ability to cooperate and manage situations, the ability to rely on social deafness to offer balanced uh, responses in interpersonal settings, especially conflictual ones. All of those skills depend on having good boundaries. The reason why those things go awry many times between people or groups is because they don't have good boundaries, that the installation of the boundaries has not been complete. 
And so these conflicts are allowed to permeate growth and development. Right. Yeah. I mean, I stifle them. Well, let's talk about this because, you know, just in, in my own personal experience, I've had to learn because I've, you know, for a while I was like, oh, I, I want to work on my listening skills and I want to give everybody, you know, a, a, a chance to have a valid perspective and I want to pay attention to their needs and concerns. And, um, you know, eventually I, I think I was opening myself up for a lot of manipulation because I wasn't actually, I was thinking that I was listening, but by listening to a bunch of bullshit, right, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I just ended up opening myself up and I wasn't having, I wasn't setting those, those boundaries uh, as I should. So how do you, how do you, I mean, like what, what do you, you know, do you see what I mean? Like there's a trap there where you think you're listening, but if you don't have the boundaries, you're just going to be listening to a lot of hogwash and taking it seriously when maybe, you know, in your heart, you know, it's kind of full of crap. Um, how do you make that distinction? What, how, how do the, how do you set the boundaries and then, you know, and still listen within the context of having those solid boundaries or like you said, you know, you can't actually listen in a healthy way unless you do have these boundaries. Correct. I mean, I think some of what you uh, swayed over to, it was a filtering Filtering thing. I mean, again, no two people hear the same thing the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, the more complex data is, the more we should be using active and passive listening skills, uh, uh, as per Carl Rogers. What, what I hear you saying, Jack, is. What I hear you saying, Michelle, is. Uh, get the agreement from the other person about what you heard them say before you respond. Mm -hmm. This makes more efficient you know, the, the staying on the, on, on topic, making sure that there's a voltage. You're talking about the same thing. You're singing from the same sheet of music, if you like. Uh, everybody wants that kind of voltage. Uh, when, when people aren't talking about the same thing, yeah, confusion and misunderstanding, misinterpretation, it's all part of the, all part of the day. But I think it's important. Good boundaries means you use these skills. Good boundaries means that you call upon them when, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to offer a response that's valuable to the other person or the issues that they have raised. So I believe that listening, again, being the skill that it is, requires a deliberate, conscious uh, uh, effort mm -hmm. to say, okay, I'm going to drop my frame of reference. I'm going to actually listen to what this person is saying and I will clarify anything they tell me that doesn't fully make sense to me or I, I don't really understand. There's some parts I need clarity on. I'm going to get clarification before I say a word. Now, if people practice that in all of their conversations and we being human beings, being perfectly imperfect and <laughs> still learning and tripping it up and trying to get the ball to the end zone – if everybody did that, though, and work toward those ends to practice that approach, we would reduce conflict. And, of course, we would be far more effective in reaching the goals. Mm -hmm. Now, that today is not happening and is being done deliberately to us. That's part of the psychological warfare. The moment we start talking sensibly, the moment we start making any amount of sense that exposes the contradictory or, or invalid narrative that we're that's being downloaded onto us the moment we show we understand the cracks that we can crack that code right right you're shut down you're shut down you're telling too many truths 
You see, that is very crazy making because people know the truth. They do know the truth. And then they're being gaslit. They're being told, no, 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 that's false. That's the, the, our fact checkers checked it. <laughs> right. Right. It's not true. <laughs> well, and that was to believe the fact checkers, right? That was actually my next question was going to be, how are you dealing with uh, when you're dealing with gaslighting? Because when you're, you know, you're working on your listening skills, you're paying attention to someone and they're actually just, again, they're just bullshitting you. I think, um, you know, the mainstream media and, and corporate and government propaganda are master gaslighters, right? And we can continue with the, with the uh, cult analogy, you know, the cult leader gaslights uh, the, the followers, the, the corporate media is gaslighting, uh, the, the vast majority of the population who are then, um, because they're listening to the gaslighting, right. <laughs> are convinced. Well, exactly. Be because, because the new hate speech is telling the truth. Yeah. So that's corrupt. That's, right. that's cultic. That's all what will shut your mind down. Because it's crazy making is like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, I thought what I just said made sense. Um, <clears throat> and that your expectations of me to, you know, follow you through your corrupt ideologies uh, is something I should be resisting. Uh, but you're telling me, no, 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 no. You, you got to follow what we tell you, folks. Okay. You got <laughs> you, you to gotta adopt our narrative in order for you to be accepted in this brand of society mm -hmm. and people are like uh no no deal <laughs> we don't want that and others like we discussed the other day with dr mcdonald they're not interested they're too scared they bought it hook line and sinker they don't want to lose their job they want they don't want to lose their reputation or put their necks out there because they're too busy protecting the material world boy are they on the wrong side of the fence i don't care about your car or your house, I'm sorry, they're fighting to take control of your world, your life, your family. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're over there worried about your car or your house, uh, then I, I, are we to assume that those things are more valuable to you, that they deserve more of effort of your protection than you're taking a deliberate stance to defend the integrity of your children's lives going forward? Because when you're not here, what are we leaving behind for these kids? I think everybody who has kids has a, an absolute responsibility to step up and teach the children, here's how to hold your government accountable. Here's what you need to know about doing that. Here's what your rights are. Right now, they're being attacked, kids. Let's not deny them this. They can see it. They can feel it. They're going to be receiving much experience and pain from this crap that's going on. These uh, ultimately child abuse uh, conduct uh, of these uh, institutions like schools, et cetera, they are damaging the minds of our children. You want a bunch of cognitively closed children, keep this up. Right. They're, they're being made in the image of already past uh, pedagogical, poisonous pedagogical principles, uh, as Alice Miller refers to in her own book, Hidden Cruelties in Child Rearing and the Roots of Violence. There's a great book for you folks if you want to see what the government's going and doing today uh, to our societies. Uh, Alice Miller asks, how could Hitler happen? Great question. Uh, I encourage everybody to read that. Cognitive closure is a very serious uh, issue anyways. It's not something to be made light of. When somebody is rigid, they're not willing to let in new information. It's a classic metaphor of being stuck. They continue to repeat patterns that are very unhealthy their freedom is severely impaired and so are their relationships 
Well, and I think what you bring up there is so important for people to understand is that the lockdown measures themselves now are going to create an entire generation of kids that are going to grow up to have cognitive closure and do what they're told. <laughs> A new farm. It's going to be triggered by fear, just like this round has been triggered by fear. I mean, it's just amazing to witness uh, the mainstream narrative just scare the crap out of everybody and then trigger them into their own need to, well, now I'm scared. I've got to listen to the authority figure because that's been uh, the conditioning they've gotten their whole lives. And then the authority figure tells you to implement a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of procedures that are actually going to facilitate the same the psychological programming on into the future, into the next generation. And it is just amazing. And these kids that are now uh, living formidable years of their lives, one, two, three years old, learning how to talk, learning how to understand uh, people's emotions. Um, but they're talking to masked people <laughs> and they're being asked <laughs> to be masked themselves and they can't, so they can't read lips. They can't read, you know, they can't, they can't read the subtext on the emotions that are expressed on the face. Uh, and they're told they've got to, you know, socially distance and they've got to be in lockdown. I mean, what an outrageous thing to do to a two or three or four or five year old. The the damage will be lifelong. And, you know, those of us who see what's actually going on uh, should find it within themselves to stand up and, and mm. speak the truth. And don't don't be afraid if you're sitting there doing nothing. You know, the mystified opposite of generativity is stagnation. The worst thing you can do is nothing. You've got to exercise your voice and defend our way of life. Otherwise, you're going to lose it. And what are you going to do then? Mm -hmm. And what a fascinating characteristic of all of this, that those who are mystified and who do follow the authority figure, then their sense of virtue is attached to this. Like they really think they're doing the right thing by imposing this abusive behavior onto the rest of their community um, without listening to mm -hmm. those members of the community that are like, wait a minute, you know, I have boundaries. You can't tell me what to wear. You can't tell me how to interact with my family members or, the, or other members of my community as long as we all, it's all consensual. Um, and so, you know, it's just so strange that the, that the way that sense of virtue is twisted so that those who are caught up in this spell, this cognitive closure that can't see the evidence that shows how harmful and abusive these techniques are, this, these lockdown techniques, and they actually consider it a virtue to impose it on those who disagree. It's fascinating. Yep. The, the cycle of violence yep. continues. There's no question that um, there is a significant amount of information that people are ignoring to the effect of everything you just said. And I find it extremely tragic that the schools are adopting these patterns of behavior because at some point they're going to learn that they're harming these children. And these parents that are not standing up, mm -hmm. these afraid people who won't challenge the machine, the system, or call it whatever you want, they're just people to me. And they have a role to play in community. And if their role is hurting children. It's time to stand up and say, that is unacceptable. Yeah. We're not going to tolerate this. And yet we have so many people cooperating with it because I've said before, 
the somnambulant mind, the sleepwalker, is obedient. They're not researchers. They just obey. Why? Because they were told to, mm -hmm. just like they were in childhood. You see, it's virtuous to do what you're told. It's virtuous. Don't question anything. That's not virtuous. Right. This show is not virtuous. <laughs> you know, this it's show, you know. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, just this undying fealty to the cult leader. You know, if Dr. Fauci says, then it must be true. And we all have to get everybody else to conform to what the, the leader says. Uh, and now they have this whole, it's, uh, you know, we've talked about the mythology of scientism. There's even a mythology around, around the cult, which isn't actually science because there's plenty of scientific evidence that disagree and plenty of scientific experts, uh, outside of the quote unquote consensus that we keep hearing about, which is not a consensus at all, because there's many, uh, there's many, um, scientists that do disagree with this common narrative, but, uh, it's just, it's fascinating how people stick to it. Um, and promote it, and it is a, a cult-like adherence to the authoritarian leadership, exactly like like cult membership or cult indoctrinations. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and therefore very corrupt. All right. Well, sounds good, George. We're about 30 minutes in. I guess we ought to wrap it up. We've been trying to keep these to a half an hour. It hasn't always been the easiest thing, but do you want to make a few final comments about cognitive closure and then let people know where they can find out uh, more information about the line? If you relate to uh, anything, and sure, Doug, thanks. I appreciate that. If you, if any of you relate to the, to the viewers, if you relate to anything that we've been discussing here, and if you find that, you know, you're on a daily basis, you're just not feeling like doing too much. Uh, you know, going outside is a chore. You're constantly afraid. There's anxiety. You're in panic mode all the time. It really may be a good idea to, as I've said before, examine the examiner. That's the best thing you can do for yourself. Be willing to go in there and find out what do you need to do to feel better. And I find oftentimes people need to feel better in order to feel better mm -hmm. that requires you going to you start with you that's where it begins and ends and try not to again digest too much of the mainstream media it definitely contributes to the cognitive issues that we're speaking of here especially dissonance because when you find out there is information that's available to you that absolutely will make more sense than what you've been believing. Be willing to digest it. Be willing to consider it so that you can do your best for yourself and your families. You can get us at The Line Media on Twitter, at The Line Canada on Twitter, The Line Canada on Instagram. And if you have anything you'd like to say to me, feel free. Media at thelineinternational.com. Thanks, folks. All right. Thanks a lot, George. And uh, I'll just let people know that I think it's important for you to do your own research, actually. And, and you should be, if you like what you're hearing, think about reading some John Bradshaw or some Alice Miller and learning some of this psychology, because it's so imperative, I think, that we understand that we're not we're not really engaging in a in a in a logical battle here with people who disagree with us. We're engaging in a, in a psychological battle. Uh, with people that are suffering from this cognitive closure, and we all need help to heal from this. Um, we talked a little bit about the the mental health versus the mental illness, and even though 
you know, some of us are more healthy than others. I think we all still have some work to do. Certainly, if you were raised inside this patriarchal culture, we're all to some degree uh, trauma bonded to it. I know I continually learn a lot from these conversations with George about my own life. So I really appreciate that aspect of this. Uh, and I urge everyone who's listening to do some some introspective work on themselves as well and hopefully have a little more compassion uh, towards those who have been indoctrinated into this mainstream narrative, despite uh, all the facts that at least show that those who have alternative concerns uh, are rational human beings and not just completely crazy. So um, hope you're absolutely all, hope you're all getting a lot out of the show. And thanks for listening. I'll just let you know that you can find the whole show at www.theshiftnow.com. I have the series posted under the free content tab, Psychology of Lockdown series. You can also find uh, hundreds of other interviews that I've done, uh, and you can subscribe to uh, The Shift for the full long-form feature-length versions uh, of the interviews that I do. That's at The Shift with Doug McKinty uh, on that podcast. I'm on uh, Twitter, and I'm on Twitter at D McKinty, and I'm on Facebook and YouTube at The Shift or The Shift with Doug McKinty, and of course, uh, always trying to get people to go to the website, uh, theshiftnow.com once again. So hopefully we'll see you there. And uh, we'll be back again next week with uh, episode 10. Do you have the topic for episode 10 on hand, George? Well, this is an interesting one because right out of cognitive closure, uh, a, a person who doesn't understand governing scenes, the events that have been printed on the brain, they act them out. This acting out and acting in family violence, belief systems, and emotion. Great. So acting out and acting in is uh, next up to bat. All right. And I'll be looking forward to that. We'll do it again next week. Thanks again, George. You have a great day. You as well. Thanks a million, Doug. Have a wonderful one. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye.